Hey everyone, welcome back to Gray the Podcast, the podcast about the light, the dark, the hilariously obscene, and everything in between. My name's Dylan. That's Emily. Hey. Let's hit it. So we are so sorry, once again, that this episode is coming to you late. We are going to be changing our day of release, but even then, we still are a little late, so we apologize for that. The new day for the podcast will be on Fridays of every week. Yes. But in the meantime, happy Easter to those of you that are celebrating that holiday, and otherwise, happy Sunday. Hi, We are both. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) (laughs) What were we going to say? I'm sorry. I said we're both working on Easter, but that's okay. That's okay. It'll be all right. Emily doesn't even like the color palette of Easter, so she'd rather not celebrate it anyway. Well, (laughs) just wish they had chose a different theme. All the other holidays got the good colors. They did. (laughs) It's really upsetting to me. It's it's almost like Easter was an afterthought. Honestly, I'd be cool. Like, I love brunch. She does. Brunch and mimosas. So I I like that part of Easter. I don't like mimosas. I don't like morning drinking. Well, you just don't. Yeah. Coffee. You like mimosas. We at that at that uh, drag brunch that we went to. That was at night. No, I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so mimosas after like 7 p.m., which isn't a normal time to drink mimosas for most people, but that's on Emily's time. It's an Emmy time. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to tell you about my dream last night. Uh oh. <laughs> so I dreamt I was in Target. Well, you do spend enough time there. I so. sure do. Um, and I dreamt someone was trying to steal my ring. So I put it in my mouth and I was like, if I swallow it, I, I'm going to have right after this, I better go to the hospital so they can fish it out of my throat. Like that one girl that had that dream. Yeah. Is that even on? I'm not sure. Gray that might anymore? be on one of the, the lost episodes. All right. Well, there was a girl that um, had a dream that she was on a train and there were train robbers. And so she, in her dream, she swallowed her ring to keep it from being, being taken. St- stolen and she woke up and she had actually swallowed swallowed her ring yes and so i was like oh i better i'm gonna have to go to the hospital like that girl on the tr- that girl that dreamt she was on the train and literally this morning i woke up and i was like oh thank god i didn't actually <laughs> swallow my ring <laughs> yeah i'm glad you didn't either because uh this would, morning would have looked very, a different. very different day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not something you want to let pass if you catch my meaning well, especially with like the, like the stones and they'd be pokey. <laughs> Honestly, you probably would have woken up as soon as you like popped it in your mouth. I think you would have woken up. I don't think I would have the, I don't think, I'm not much of like a mover at night. True. So I don't think that I, I'm not like a sleepwalker or anything. So I don't think I'd be able to do that while I was sleeping. Right. Well, and especially you wear your ring at night. So like just getting it off your finger, I think would have been too tough and well, I would can have get it off my finger well, but in your sleep though when you're not really thinking yeah, about it i don't it, think i could i don't think i'd be able to do it right which is a good thing i've never had thing. a dream like that though before that's very strange so emily had a dream about swallowing a ring and i got a cold during this silly pandemic time yeah we both got covid tests because i was like oh no he's got a sore throat sore throat stuffy nose i was like we gotta get ourselves to a clinic (laughs) um but turns out it's most likely like 99 percent sure that it's just a symptom and side effect of getting the first round of covid uh covid shots yeah i've heard a lot of people have a lasting sore throat yeah after the shot yeah and actually so our buddy eric was messaging our facebook group today and he's like guys i am he because he just got his second shot he's like guys i am like really sick from this shot i'm in bed i feel i have the worst headache yeah i'm nervous about that because i have to shoot um i'm filming like a day after yeah my second shot yeah so i'm hoping but I've also heard other people it doesn't affect them. Well, I did as, as much. I sure hope so. So we'll see. You might have a rough day on set that next day. Eep. Well, I'll I'll keep you all updated. <laughs> I just said y'all. Y'all. 
Howdy, y'all. <laughs> Emily's going Southern. Let's see. <clears throat> what else is there to quick chat about? Well, um, I do have a recommendation. Oh. Da -da -da. Emily recommends. Last night, um, and you kind of had to watch it too because you came home. Um, oh. <laughs> I watched the new Demi Lovato documentary called Dancing with the Devil about her overdose. And it's a, it's a wild trip. Anyway, I can't believe that she can still sing, much less... No, that's the wrong way to say it. I can't believe she's alive, much less can sing. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> All the things she mixed... And then I guess she had like, well, I'm not going to say everything, but Emily highly recommends watch the documentary dancing with the devil on YouTube, the Demi Lovato documentary. There are two Demi Lovato documentaries on YouTube. Um, Simply complicated was the first one. And then the most recent one is dancing with the devil. So did you watch simply complicated? Yeah. Last night. Oh, you watched them all <laughs> last night. Yeah. Out of the two. Did, would you say one's better made than the other or I would watch both of them. Um, it's interesting because at the end of Simply Complicated, she was like, I'm totally sober now. Mm. And it almost was like, she filmed this and she was totally sober. And I think after that documentary came out, like a few months after that documentary came out, she started doing drugs again. Jeez. So it's interesting how it kind of like happened. Mm -hmm. But I think she said that she was on such a strict like diet and like exercise regimen and like she was so watched the whole time that she just kind of snapped because she was so un unhappy. Right. Um, it's really interesting. Um, it's really sad. Yeah. So anything like that I is just sad. Feel, uh, my opinion on drugs is just don't start them. Don't start. They're expensive mm -hmm. and nothing like good comes from them yeah and if you don't start them you just like never have to worry about it also it's a lot of money it's a lot of money drugs are a rich man's game <laughs> yeah and on that note speaking of rich man rich men all right so this week and next week this is our first two-parter two i'm covering the fire festival the fire festival this <laughs> is another reason why it took us a little longer to get this out because we had to figure out how we were going to split this up into two which we did so here we go. Fire Festival, which I know a little about. I am such a huge fan of this story. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so crazy. All right. So our story starts with a man named Billy McFarlane. Billy, he was raised in Milbourne, New Jersey, and his parents were real estate developers. I think he had a pretty normal upbringing um, but when he was 13 he founded an online outsourcing startup that matched clients with web designers oh that's cool so I, I, there's actually a lot of websites out there like that now mm -hmm. uh, but he was 13 when he like coded that wow so he's really smart um, he graduated from the he graduated from high school in 2010 and then he attended uh, Bucknell University where he studied computer engineering but he dropped out in May of his freshman year. He's probably bored. I was just going to say he's probably bored. Genius kids in school. You hear <laughs> so many times that, that they, they suffer in school because they're just bored. They're too smart. So after that um, he he had an online advertisement platform called Spling. Spling? With yeah. a P in there? Okay. So Spling was a content sharing network um, so I think it was basically kind of like an Instagram or a Facebook. Okay. Um, but it was criticized at the time because it was so similar to other things mm -hmm. that it just never took off. Right. And then in 2013, Billy developed a company called Magnesis. Magnesis. Magnesis was this credit card that was metal and black. So it was like really kind of fancy looking cool. yeah it was supposed to be kind of like a sexy credit card i love like so, quick pause every time someone gives me like a heavy credit card at work i'm like god you have in my head i think god you have money but I outwardly a, i say man you could hurt somebody with this thing because they're heavy they have some weight to them i want a metal credit card <clears throat> yeah you have to be my sister just got a metal credit card really mm -hmm. those are those are cool the apple credit cards are like that too Okay. Well, we'll chat about this offline. <laughs> <laughs> so Magnesis 
so the whole idea behind the card is that whatever like if you have a visa or a mastercard this isn't replacing that basically they take the strip of your card and copy it onto the magnesis card oh so it's not a new line of credit no okay that's cool it's just like so now you don't use your your crappy little plastic one yeah you got magnesis and the other idea is like Magnesis was supposed to be the most exclusive credit card there was. So basically, you sign up to have this membership with Magnesis, and you would get like deals on designer stores. You'd get deals on concerts. You'd get, they even had like this thing they called a clubhouse in New York where they'd hold events and they'd have live music there wine tastings it was a place like a bunch of like millennials could hang out right. well rich millennials right um ja rule the rapper um, did I've, i know of that name well the only reason i know of that name is because of this story um he and billy became really good friends so basically this card was also you were supposed to be able to get and it also had like an app where you were supposed to be able to like get discounted reservations tickets like beyonce tickets were way less if you had this card um but what were they they were finding is that the credit card would often cancel cancel people's tickets or reservations right before they were about to happen interesting like as a bug or like a bug in the system or well we'll get to it okay but a lot of people found that they couldn't access the card's rewards or services. Okay. Through the online portal or whatever that is attached to your card. Well, it just canceled their reservations. Like oh, they'd okay. book tickets, mm-hmm. like they'd book basketball tickets for a discounted price through the card. Mm-hmm. And then that like the night of they'd show up and that wasn't there. It'd be canceled. Okay. Interesting. And I guess their customer service was just awful too. Mm. They'd be like reroute to this email call this person oh no you need to email (laughs) kind of stuff right so billy claimed that magnesis was worth 90 million when in fact it was only worth sixty thousand dollars holy shit (laughs) so that's a big that's quite the quite the difference there yes wow (laughs) so Billy's got Magnesis going, but now him and Ja Rule decide that they're going to start an app called Fire. F-Y-R-E? Yes. Mm-hmm. So basically, this app, the whole thing started as an app, which is crazy to me. I did not realize that. Um, the app, the whole idea behind the app is that it allowed you to book talent and like celebrities to like basically make an appearance at your party or if you want like... Miley Cyrus to come sing at your birthday. This app allowed you to do it. Someone in the documentary that I was watching called it the Uber of booking talent. Oh, that's fair. That's an apt way of putting that. In my opinion, it's kind of like cameo, but not as safe for the talent. And for those of us, myself included, that aren't necessarily sure what cameo is. So cameo, um, I think was developed around when COVID hit. Oh, okay. But basically, Cameo is like a thing that is set up so like you can pay to have 10 minutes of Will Smith's time on like a Zoom call. Oh, I heard to, like, this. Or you can have the Jonas Brothers sing. I don't even know if the Jonas Brothers are on it, but uh, the Jonas Brothers will sing happy birthday to whoever. Right. And you can talk to them for like five minutes. I'm sure there's different tiers or whatever. Right. No, I've definitely heard of this. Uh, um, okay. In my opinion, it's a less safe version of Cameo for the talent. This fire thing is less less, yes, less safe? Okay. Because yep. this is sending, the whole idea of it is sending like really famous people to a random person's house. Right. Like in person because Cameo is not in person, right? Most of the time. I don't think cameos ever in person. Right. I think this fire thing would be. Okay. I see what you're saying. um, Unless fire had like security that went along with them. I don't know. The whole idea to me is a little. And they were like, well, there's a hole in the in the business being like regular people can't book these artists or whatever. And I'm like that. There's a point. There's a a point to to that. that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole reason. (laughs) 
Most of them you, involve serial killing. You don't need to. <laughs> you don't need to reach all these people. No. Um, so as they decide how they're going to market the app and launch the app, someone threw out the idea that you could have like a concert slash party for like a bunch of people in the industry just in the industry mm-hmm. and i think they like the idea was to have a bunch of celebrities there to entice them to join fire i don't know whoever would want to <laughs> right well i mean if you give them just the idea you might be able to snag people that way without having them ask too many questions about what it actually is yeah i guess i think the whole idea behind the app is dumb but um (laughs) so billy took the idea of a concert slash party and decided he was going to throw a music festival on a private island in the bahamas so billy told the people at fire that he bought pablo escobar's island or Pablo Escobar's old island that was part of the Bahamas. And he decided that his whole idea is that he is going to fly 10,000 people out to this island and have this massive epic music festival on a remote island in the Bahamas. And Pablo Escobar is? I was hoping you would know. I, 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 I think I know who that is, but I, don't, I just want to be sure real quick. Yep, great. So Pablo Escobar... Is a Colombian drug lord, was a Colombian drug lord, uh, who is the main focus of the Netflix show Narcos. Oh. So that's what I thought that was. So he's claiming to have purchased a Colombian drug lord's private island. Well, previously For, owned. Previous, I'm sorry, previously owned by Pablo, Pablo Escobar. Escobar. Um, so I think there was probably like a big mansion on the island, but the rest of the island was totally undeveloped. Oh, okay. But the small part of the island that they were on at the time was, like, paradise. Like, beautiful, beautiful beaches. It was, I mean, those screensaver pictures that you see on everybody's Apple computer. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. It looked like that. Oh, okay. Um, So they did a promotional event for Fire Festival on this private island. And they flew in, like like the 10 like top models in the world to do this promotional event. So this act this event actually happened. Yes. This promotional event. Okay. And they were there for like a weekend and they just kind of shot it like a they just kind of like had all the models like party and like actually do stuff and they just shot what they were doing. So they had like Bella Hadid, Kendall Jenner, Haley Bieber, Emily Ratajkowski, like the top models in the world at the time were there. Um, Kendall Jenner was actually paid $250,000 for one Instagram post of her at the fire festival promotional weekend. Wow. But I guess the shoot was a little unprofessional because it was kind of, they get, they got to the point where nobody was really directing it. It was just kind of like, Hey girls go jump in the water or whatever. And they were like, what? Right. <laughs> like everyone, it was just kind of like these wild, like drunk ideas. Yeah. And so all the girls were a little, I think we're probably a little confused. They've probably never done a shoot like that before. Probably not. Um, And so they had like this big, they were eating at the, like this big table um, and Ja Rule and Billy do this toast where they say, we're going to, and their like thing is like their quote or at mantra mm-hmm. is living like movie stars, partying like rock stars and feeling like porn stars. And I feel like that's all you need to know about these people. Yeah. And that is also <clears throat> a line straight out of a song. Well, maybe it's Ja Rule's song. Dun, dun, dun. No, I'm pretty sure it's a Pitbull song. Well, whatever. These people just like think they're like above everyone else. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like they just think they're the coolest people on the planet, and they're they're more important. Is really what I get from. Yep, that. they're of a different tier. They can they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Um. So they got a ton of footage from these models from the weekend that they were there, and. All of them like posted on their Instagrams and they hashtagged Fire Festival the entire time. 
And so people are like, what is this fire festival? Like, why are, why is Bella Hadid and all these models posting about this? And then, so after the weekend, they decide that they're going to do this massive Instagram promotion that was just a burnt orange tile. Hmm. So it was just an orange block. Mm-hmm. And... The caption was, join me at Fire Festival at firefestival.com. And there were models, actors, sports people. Um, <laughs> Athletes? Them. Um, <laughs> basically, if you had an Instagram following, you were asked to post this. Okay. And so literally overnight, Fire Festival was like, major headlines like saying move over Coachella um fire festivals like the new major festival investors were literally pulling out of Coachella and investing in fire holy shit yeah oh my god <laughs> like they were like this is going to be the party of the century so now i'm going to tell you about so at the same day they launched the website mm-hmm so now I'm going to tell you about the packages of what you can choose from on the website are. Okay. So I think you could also buy like day passes, but that were cheaper. Right. But if you wanted to stay and like sleep there, you could choose from a rustic tent, which was kind of like a Coachella type tent. I think it was supposed to have like electricity and like oh, okay, basically like a tiny home. Yeah. Um. Round trip flights, two twin beds, and two tickets to the whole festival, um, $12,000 Okay. for the rustic tent. Yeah. The private, then you could have a private villa on the beach. Uh-huh. I don't know how much that was. Somewhere in between the rustic tent and what I'm about to tell you next. Um, you also could get a private yacht. Um, for $25,000 per person. Okay, there we go. Sleeps 10. So a total for the private yacht is $249,995 for the yacht. Um, it came with a private chef. Wow. Um, also, everyone was going to be flown in on a private jet. For that particular package? They were advertising that for the whole thing. So you had to fly to Miami, but from Miami to the Bahamas... You were going to have a private jet Or that's what was advertised Okay It's insane prices Well yeah Uh, Obscene They sold 95% of their tickets in 48 hours Shit (laughs) Okay So They sold around 6,000 tickets So and So pause The yacht was the highest tier Yes Okay great Um, But there's more add-ons That like Or add-on experiences That I'll talk about later Okay so now remember, this is a remote island. They sold 6,000 tickets for everyone is going to stay on this island. Yep. They don't have toilets. <laughs> Maybe they just assumed everyone would go in the, in the ocean. Well. Which is still gross. Which is more gross. <laughs> <laughs> so they bring in a logistics guy to kind of talk about how they were going to build what they needed to build on the island. And he was and all Billy could think about is like the fun stuff. And he's like, guys, you need to buy like a thousand toilets now. <laughs> like you just, they, they don't even have internet on the yeah, island. Nothing about it. I mean, there's no cell service probably either. And not, no, not enough bathrooms. And on top of that, this guy's like, you couldn't physically fit 6,000 people on this island. And that's just that's just and the people coming to, sh- to watch. That's not even including the artists. Yes. Wow. And sorry, I don't know people's names because the documentary I watched didn't give me any names. So I'm just going to say this guy a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this guy that was like the logistics guy came up with a plan that was actually a really smart plan that um, there was going to be a cruise ship near the island so everybody was going to sleep on the cruise ship and then come to the festival so this is after they've already sold tickets for tents and villas and yachts yes but they're like 
what's the other option? You literally don't have enough space right. on the island. Also, they promised villas, like beachfront villas. Houses that are not built. House, like full houses yeah. that are, do not exist. Right. So he thought this would be a really good compromise. Obviously, you'd have to maybe rethink prices and resell tickets differently. Right. Because that's not what they'd be getting. But he's like, this is a smart compromise because there's no way you could do this well. Well, yeah, that that, that is honestly a really good idea, the, the, the cruise the, ship. And he's like, the biggest problem is figuring out how to get all these drunk people off the island at the end of the night and back to the cruise ship to sleep. Right. That's their, he's like, to me, that's our biggest thing we got to figure out. And Billy's like, no, everyone's going to stay on the island. Intense. And he goes, um, okay. And so he's like, have you ever actually slept on a tent on this island? Because remember, he's from the Bahamas. Right. And of course, Billy had not. Right. And so he took it upon himself for him and his wife to stay in a tent on the island. The logistics guy? Yes. To prove a point? Yes. Gotcha. And he said it was awful. Well, yeah, sure. It's so loud from the wind. Mm-hmm. And you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. Also, all the mosquitoes, the Bahamas is full of mosquitoes. And there, he was like, do you have a plan for the mosquito problem? No plan. <laughs> so after this, this guy was asked to be taken off the project. Ugh. Billy, what are you doing? <laughs> so now we are 45 days away oh. from the fire festival. And that's when Billy starts hiring someone to actually plan where the actual concert is going to be. Oh, good. 45 days before? Yes. Excellent. Um, this is also when he starts just to start booking talent. That He gave that job to an in, a 23-year-old intern that's never booked talent in his life. Uh, the first group they got was major laser and he said that we grossly overpaid them but he didn't know right he's like i don't know um they had 33 acts in total um disclosure and blink 182 i think was their biggest act at this point they finally put a budget together after they've already booked 33 talent yes <laughs> um and they were like your budget is 38 million and they had already paid the talent around, or they were already planning to pay the talent around four million. So their budget was thirty-eight million. Yes, and they were only they had spent, quote unquote, four million. Well, not yet, because a lot of the artists didn't get paid. Right, but what I'm saying is that's what they had promised. Yes. Talent. Okay. And the artists, like all groups, are expecting a certain level of production. Yeah, as like, you would. You need good lighting, like you expect a lighting package, you expect good sound, yep. none of which was on the island. No. And they were like, well, we think we can get it all together, but this is a music festival for 6,000 people. Yep. Like we just, keep in mind that a good music festival, you should start planning at least a year out. Easily. And like building Billy is trying to put this together in six to eight weeks. How old is Billy at this point? I'm not sure. He's, I think he's in his 20s. Oh, yeah. Young, like, yeah. Okay. That's what I, f I figured. He's got that 20-something energy vibe going on. Yeah. Also, six to eight weeks out, I would argue that he probably needed to do this maybe like two, three years in advance to build the infrastructure well, first. That, that he wanted to do. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. You don't have toilets. Yeah. Like, I know that's the boring part of planning, but... Yeah, that's kind of a, a basic thing. It's a big... It's going to be a big problem. Big smelly problem. Yes. <laughs> so, 68 weeks out, they don't have toilets. They have no internet. No buildings. <laughs> also at this time... So, it turned out Billy lied about actually having bought this island. <laughs> and the owner of the island said, you can use the island, you can rent the island... As long as you never mention that it's Pablo Escobar, it was Pablo Escobar's island at one time. Which he had already done. Which in his very first ad, because he's so arrogant, he does not think he has to listen to people. Yeah. He 
advertise this is advertises this island as once owned by Pablo Escobar. Yeah. First ad. Yeah. Very first ad. He had one rule. Literally this the owner of this island was like, "Yeah, you can trash my island with a crazy two-week music festival. Do not say that it's Pablo Escobar's island." So he gets kicked off this island. So now they're 68 weeks out and they do not know where this concert festival is going to take place so now they're just kind of like boating around the bahamas looking at islands looking like window shopping yeah looking for (laughs) another place to put this massive festival on so they decide on one of the biggest islands in the area called great exuma okay and this was in my head probably a good idea because this is one of the biggest islands in the area. It actually had infrastructure on the island already. And there was like a town and it had plumbing. Oh, good. That's that's great. Actually. So good news. Yeah. We're moving in a good direction. And he finds what is basically an undeveloped area that at one, it's going to be like fancy houses, but there's nothing there yet. Okay. So it's basically just like a big construction site yeah. that's on the water and it's, I guess, like right up the road from a sandals resort. Oh. But what they did uh, to the map online is they only showed the part of the island that they had rented for the festival and they photoshopped the rest of the island out to make it look like they were going to be on a remote island. That's just... Just lie after lie. Wow. Another thing that Fire Festival was unaware of at the time is that they actually booked Fire Festival over Great Exuma's busiest time of the year. Because <laughs> they have a national holiday called the National Ragata. And the island population literally doubles in size this time of year. So all the hotels on the island were booked. are already booked yep. and have been booked for probably months. Yeah. So remember, they sold villas yep. to 500 plus guests. Yep. So basically, they have a team of guys just searching for Airbnbs. Like who's going to give up their house? For two weeks. For two weeks. <sighs> and again, we're less than two months out. Yep. Okay, also, they over they oversold the tent packages. Good. Also, um, come to find these luxury tents that they were promising. They were promised that they'd, like, have electricity. I, in my, I think it was basically kind of supposed to be, like, a tiny house. It almost, like, this, pic, here's a picture of what they advertised online. Oh, okay. Almost looks like it might have a wall or two in it. Yeah. Let's like actual light, like a lighting fixture in there. Come to find that what they actually had were leftover emergency hurricane tents from Hurricane Matthew. Very different. It just looks like garbage. Um, On top of that, Billy said that all influencers would be getting houses for free. (gasps) So that's 250 of them who were promised to get a one-bedroom, three-person villa on the beach for posting, like, four pictures of them at the festival with Fire Festival. So they actually end up starting contacting influencers saying that you're cut. I bet they look back now being like, thank God. Um, Probably. But as an influencer, always get a contract. Even if it's just one post, get a contract. So you don't want to post something for a company and then have them say, actually, we're not going to pay you. Yeah. No, of course. Also, at this point, they start to hire people who live on the island to basically work around the clock like dogs for the fire festival to ensure that the fire festival is ready to go in 45 days. So now we're jumping to 26 days. Jeez. Still... There's no electricity. Good. No toilets. Good. No. Like, even on the new island, there's no toilets? They just Because they don't have a place to send people? Well, they've got the tents, but 
there's no like working plumbing in that area in the area okay i see what you're saying so on the island there's plumbing right right but where they're gonna where be. they're gonna okay. be no yeah no infrastructure right and the music acts have not been paid yet nah. 26 days out nah. and that's where we're gonna end the oh. first part of this part one part complete. one very interesting well you guys are gonna have to make sure to tune in to the next episode to see how don't watch the documentary because then you'll learn hear it from us <laughs> Get your information from the from from a good source. Well, actually, like the documentary is really good. Okay, watch that after you listen. Watch to it after two. <laughs> part two of this. Dun, 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 dun. Wow, yeah, there's there's a lot of information there that I didn't know. I just I just know the result of all of it. That's well, all I know about. It gets it gets wild. That's nutty. So yeah, twenty six days out from go, and we have nothing except hurricane tents. Except hurricane tents. And yeah, this is a classic case of eyes bigger than the stomach and not caring that your eyes are bigger than your stomach well i also think billy got away with so much i almost think it's like a drug for him like he kind of got away with cheating people out of money with right. magnesis yeah he's, yeah he's like it's almost like gambling it's like where's he gonna get his next hit of like adrenaline from yeah. this is quite the step up from uh conning people out of credit card stuff this is like three levels five levels past that well you'll have to tune in next week tune in next week on gray the podcast just kidding i'm going to tell some stories first okay and then you can go on your way all right first up article published march 24th of 2021 by sanella abavik on click orlando chaos unfolded at a pompano wow pompano beach park last week after a driver was accused of slamming her car into a woman and a child the driver took down a portion of a gate before driving into a playground and hitting a grandmother and her three-year-old grandson. Oh, my gosh. Quote from the grandmother, you see those kids running and screaming for their lives. Uh, her name is Shonda McLeod said. She said she saw a group arguing at Pompano Beach Community Park. They were on the other side and it was a fight. So we started to get all the kids to get them out of the park because we saw that the situation was getting worse and worse. McLeod explained. Philadelphine, I'm sorry, no, Fedelin, wow, very different. Fedelin St. Felix was behind the wheel of the vehicle that hit McLeod, records show. She said that she went to the park to settle an argument with another woman and she got emotional. I was attempting to run her over, but then I see someone put her out of the way, St. Felix said. Instead, <sighs> McLeod said St. Felix came barreling toward her and her grandson, knocking down a gate in the process and driving into the park where children were playing. I was just running to my grandbaby, McLeod said. Had I not picked him up, he would have, she would have ran completely over him and he would have been under the car. As I'm picking him up, she's just hitting us both and we just went flying over the car and finally we hit the ground. St. Felix oh said she simply lost control of the car. I was trying to find the brakes, she said. I couldn't find the brakes. I didn't mean to hit them. It was an accident, and I hope they are okay. What? Did she think the brakes moved on her? Maybe. Has she never driven a car? I don't know. St. Felix was arrested <laughs> and appeared in bond court over the weekend. McLeod is thankful that she and her grandson are physically okay. I was upset. I was very upset, McLeod said. At the end of the day, we have to move on and we have to forgive. A judge ruled that St. Felix is not allowed to have any contact with the victims. McLeod's grandson sustained injuries to his leg, and she required some staples. She said that her grandson doesn't even want to go to the park anymore. Oh, baby. St. Felix was there to run someone else over. I just, I didn't know where the brakes went. They, they ran away again. They disappeared on <sighs> me. Who put him on the other side of the car? Who put him in, the, who put him in that spot? Moral of the story is... What a little liar pants. Yeah, for real. I mean, she was there. She explicitly said the, the, what, what grabbed me on this one is that the, the headline for the article was woman hits. It, it wasn't this exactly, but woman hits someone while trying to hit someone else. <laughs> like, basically, that's what it was said. I was like, what? First of all, how angry do you have to be at someone to want to run them over with your car? What could they that, that person have possibly done to make you want to run them over with your car? In a park. In a park. Needs another. They're not even on a road. She had to drive into the park to hit her with the car. Well, I think everyone at this time could benefit for, from some therapy. Yes. Maybe some anger management classes. Yes. All of the above. And 
maybe not allowed to drive anymore. Yeah. Since, yeah, it doesn't since say, we can't find the since, since we, we can't find the brakes, the brakes are. are. Yeah, I don't know what happened with all that. The only thing that we hear from the judge is that the woman driving the car is not allowed to talk to the people she hit. Next up, article published March 30th, 2021 by Belinda Palmata on News.com Australia. This one's kind of funny. An elite private boys school in Western Australia has banned the mullet hairstyle after deeming the hairdo not acceptable. Why? <laughs> Trinity College in oh. Perth outlined their ban on the retro haircut in its recent newsletter. It is without reservation that the college sets clear requirements that ensure health and safety, as well as setting a high standard for personal presentation, the newsletter states. Well, is it unhealthy to have a mullet? No, but it's, it, this is more about the, the presentation of the school. Ugh. <laughs> the current trend of growing the hair at the back of the head and or closely cropping the sides of the head to uh, accentuate the mullet style are untidy, non-conventional, and not acceptable at Trinity College. Sounds like an old white man. Yes. As is the trend of long hair and fringes. The college expectations on hairstyles can be found on page 18 of the student diary. Students, uh. students who don't meet the school's grooming standards will be picked up by their parents and ordered to get a haircut. The school stated that hairstyles should be, quote, of a conservative nature. I'm sorry, of a conservative, a conservative nature. This damn cold is making it very hard for me to speak and feel where my tongue is in my mouth. Of a conservative nature and a, and cut above the collar and were not allowed to fall below the student's eyes. So my haircut would not go because my hair goes to my nose. Students are not permitted to have mullets, rat tails, top knots, mohawks, extra long fringes or any other non-conventional style style cuts so the fringes i think is like the hockey cut where it comes down and like swoops on the sides of your head and the back this is just stupid you know what i think everyone at this school should protest and everyone should shave their heads bald just go bald yeah because then the school's just got a bunch of like bald children running around in it and all the parents are like what are you doing because then it looks bad looks extra bad then it looks weird too yeah (laughs) Uh, Trinity College is not the first school to ban the business in the front, party in the back style, which is another name for the for the mullet, if you didn't know. In February, Waverly College in Sydney forbade the mullet, also labeling the iconic haircut as not acceptable for students. The school's deputy principal, Patrick Brennan, told the Daily Telegraph at the time that the mullet haircut trending at present is not acceptable and students will be directed to the local barber or their preferred hairstylist to rectify any issues. Now, Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan also weighed into the great mullet debate, claiming that while he was personally fond of mullets, rat tails were a step too far. And I had a kid in high school that had a rat tail and he loved that rat tail. It was a big deal when he cut it. He had it for years. Yuck. I'm very pro-mullet. It's a unique Australian invention, one which we've been selling to the world. But I'll let the school make their own decisions, he told reporters on Tuesday. I'm pro-mullet. I'm not so pro-rat tails. Rat tails are a bit beyond the pale, which I'm assuming is an Australian thing. An Australian phrase for saying that was not Australian. I don't know how to do Australian. I don't know how to say that with an Australian accent, but we're very, we're, we're very crikey and a dingo ate my baby. That's like, that sounded like cockney. It did a little bit. Long story short, Emily and I, great at dialects. Hire us for birthday parties. Just dialects. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I have no problem. I don't love the mullet, but like, I think if you want to have a mullet and rock that, I think you should be allowed to do so. Right. I think this is just another way to like, control your students yeah it's a private school and i'm in charge yeah and i think that's express power over them obnoxious yeah i once had a principal in um middle school and it was like negative five out and i put my hat on to go outside at the end of the day and i was walking towards the door and he goes bangson take that hat off and i was like but I'm going outside. And he was like, doesn't matter. Take the hat off. Take it off. And he's like screaming at me and like making a big scene. Meanwhile, his son walked right past us with his hat on. <laughs> Meanwhile, like five other kids 
walking outside with their inside the building to outside with their hat on i don't know why he felt he needed to like in that moment assert his dominance over me i was just like boy you sound really dumb right now but i was just like this is just ridiculous and to make a scene over that yeah <laughs> and that reminds sorry that whole story just reminds me of of that not allowing in your life. not allowing children to have mullets yeah i mean it's not a haircut that i would have for myself apparently i did it one time <laughs> but i would never choose to do that it's probably my parents thinking it was funny anyway last article published April Fool's Day, April 1st of 2021, by Lauren M. Johnson on CNN. A man who went shopping in New Mexico came back to find his car was full of bees. <gasps> thousands and thousands of them. I would just be like, okay, you can have the car. <laughs> he called 911, as anyone would do if they returned to a car full of insects. This reminds me, sidebar, of an episode of, I think it was Drake and Josh, where they put fruit flies in a music exec's car and drake was all like just imagine fruit flies in his car and he's buzzing around he doesn't know how they got there and you just he's just he's just <laughs> pretty sure that's how that went down uh, fortunately for him the firefighter who responded also happened to be a beekeeper convenient uh, very convenient <clears throat> the man's car was overrun by the swarm of bees after he left his window down at an albertson's grocery store on sunday in las pardon me las cruces the fire department said on facebook Firefighters learned the owner of the car returning from shopping, placed groceries in his vehicle, and started to drive off before noticing the swarm in the back seat. And I actually <gasps> have pictures of this. I'll send it to you. I'll, it'll be, they'll be on the post for this week. As luck would have it, one of their firemen, Jesse Johnson, is a beekeeper in his spare time and was called upon to come to the rescue on his day off. You're a hero, sir. Johnson was able to bring the proper equipment to deal with the bees. It took more than two hours to remove them all. The crew estimated there were more than 15,000 bees. Oh, why? I don't know. But they were relocated to Johnson's property outside uh, the city limits. So he brought them to his own bee farm. Oh, that's cool. Which is cool. The department said it doesn't usually deal with bees, but it needed to act quickly for everyone's safety. A security guard at Albertsons was stung, and it is possible a few patrons may have had close encounters, but no major injuries were reported. Because again, you got to think, that's a lot of bees. A lot of people are allergic to bee stings. But why, I don't understand why they did the queen. She might have, yeah, just maybe the, fly in there. They might have been moving. I don't know. No one really knows what how it happened. But he did. He when he parked, his window was down, and and again, you'll see this on the pictures. Um, and they had like congregated in the back passenger window because it was cracked down, like on the corner of the window, and it's just like a big fat stack of bees. Yeah, I don't know if I could keep that car after that. Even though the bees are gone, I just, I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> and there you have it. 15,000 bees. They must have been, they must, there must have been like a migration thing that they were doing. And they just like set up shop in this dude's car. Well, if the queen went in there thinking that's a good place to have a nest, all of them would follow. Yeah. It's awfully unfortunate, but. But it makes sense. That would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice that they were able to. You know, bring them to a new spot. And that Johnson, Jesse Johnson, got 15,000 more bees. I've been I've been watching these things on Instagram. And I forget what the account is called. It's like called Save the Bees or something. Mm -hmm. But there's this girl that goes out and like relocates bees. Oh. And she scoops them with her bare hands. Wow. And she doesn't use any kind of protection. She's like, I know when bees are um, aggressive and when they're not. And so when they're not aggressive, I just calmly pick them up and i find their queen and then i move the queen and the rest of the bees will follow and i've watched it she it's it's a little scary yeah i don't no thank you but her videos are addicting well yeah because it's like it's a thing that you don't see and so you want to watch it because you wait for something bad to happen but it's never going to happen but you want to see more no she like she ends her videos with and that was another day of saving the bees or whatever <laughs> she's she's cute oh well, she found her she's niche cool. She found her niche for sure. I think she's from Texas. Ah. I feel bad that I don't remember her Instagram handle. Well, maybe it'll come back up. Um, honorable mentions from this week. Number one, Amazon admits its drivers sometimes have to pee in bottles. <gasps> That's what happens when you have... That's when bad. You, when you promise delivery the way that Amazon does. That's not nice. It's not nice. So yeah, I mean, they're not going to have 
they're not always going to have a building like where we live where they can just hop into the bathroom real quick, you know? That's not nice. Yeah. They should be allowed to stop at gas stations. Next up, some chimps, like monkeys, are putting grass in their ears, perhaps the animal equivalent of a fashion statement. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I'm a trendy chimp. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And last but not least, Australia, geologist, geologist beaten up by, quote, angriest octopus on beach. And I literally, I I clicked into that one, and it was a dude and his daughter hanging out at the beach, and they saw what looked like a stingray tail attacking a seagull. And then he got up closer, and it was an octopus. (laughs) And the octopus turned, saw the guy, and, like, lunged at him and, like, smacked him with with his tentacle. Ursula. They left. Came back and the octopus remembered him and smacked him again. (laughs) What? And I guess he ended up with like some suction cup (laughs) marks on his arm. I bet he did. (laughs) Why would you go back? I don't think he meant to. If I got slapped by an octopus, I would call 911 immediately. (laughs) And say what? I think I'm dying. (laughs) Help. Ma'am, what's your emergency? I don't know why he did it. (laughs) Ma'am, who is it? Who are you talking about? The octopus. Why did he slap me? You think I'm on drugs. Ma'am, exactly. So she's going to say, ma'am. <laughs> what did you take? What you been smoking? <laughs> and can I have some? And that's all I have for this week. Would you like to start with your peak in your pit? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Um, wow, that sounded very Minnesotan. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Well, I my Fabletics order came. <laughs> <laughs> there's a good, there's a peak for you. Um, Nothing... You've had a cold, so you've been coughing in your sleep. But other than that, this week's been pretty good for me. <laughs> you said you couldn't hear it. It wasn't keeping you up. Well, I lied. You were a butthead. <laughs> butthead. Well, my pit is definitely this cold because it sucks. Stuffy nose. My throat's not sore anymore, which is great, but I do have a cough and I don't like it. My peak would have to be that I got actually like through an entire section of choreography that I wanted to get through finally. On a dance in one night. It didn't. I got. I got. I got through as much as I wanted to get through in one night. Wahoo! It was awesome. Cause a, it's not like easy choreography that I'm giving to these children, um, but they're doing really well, and we actually got through everything I wanted to get through. So it's the little things. Yeah, sure Tiny battles won. Well, Emily, is there anything else? Um, no. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can follow us at Gray the Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me at Emily Subakison underscore. You can follow Dylan at, at Dylan underscore Rue. And our <laughs> our artwork was done by Erica Von Bank. Our music was Ooh. oh god cut take two. Um, our artwork was done by Joe Valento. Our music by Erica Von Bank. Please. Please rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcast, um, and tell a friend. Um, and that's, all that other good stuff. I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> Check out the website www.gradepodcast.com. Join our mailing list. Um, we're waiting to get some more people on that before we start sending out penny updates, penny weekly updates. So she's looking at me. She's like, "You said my name, Dad." Speaking of penny, Emily, what has this been? A penny approved podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>